Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I hope you are just like killing it this week. Um, I, you know what? I don't know that I am killing it. <laughs> I mean, if like slowly killing myself through stress and judgment, then yeah, I am. Um, so I wanted to share with you because I think it's important. I kind of, this is always like my, my soapbox thing that I want to be honest and real and show you that like, you know, everybody deals with all of this stuff and there's nothing wrong with you. So I agreed to be on the, uh, another person's podcast and they're amazing. This isn't bashing anybody else's podcast. Um, you know, so I was like, yep, yep. I'll totally be on your podcast. That sounds good. And so I got an email from him a couple days ago with like, here's the link to this and here's all the things I need from you and then I need this promotional piece and then I'm going to provide this for you to you to use on yours and then please sign this release and I'm just like wow whoa this is a lot to take in um I, and I just like turned to Kirby on the couch and I'm like I think I'm a terrible podcast host and he's just like what are you talking about? And I'm like, look at what this guy does. And like, and then I like, of course, went over to his Instagram and I'm like, look at, look at all the stuff he does for his episodes. I'm like, I just post like pictures of me picking my nose and being like, happy Friday, guys. I'm like, I suck. And so I'm still kind of in a little bit of a funk about it. Um, Kirby gently reminded me that, you know, we're all doing our best and that cheese laces kind of successful, despite me being a disorganized uh, tornado of chaos. Like, you guys, if you've been a guest on the show, you probably know this. But like, I think I'm just like, yeah, cool. Here's a Zoom link. Uh, see you at noon on that Friday. And um, yeah, I'll fill you <laughs> once we get going. But I like to think, in defense of myself, that that's how you get real authentic conversations is just catch your guest off guard. Ha! You didn't know I was going to ask you about this, did I? Uh, it's fine. So anyways, just in case you were wondering if you were as good of a chiropractor or as good of a mom as everyone else and feeling a little bit like an imposter this week, it's okay. We all kind of suck. Um, I'm also, okay, hold on. Uh, earmuffs for any children who may be listening. This would be a good time to not have them listen. I'm also really annoyed with 
my eldest, who is totally playing games with me about the Easter Bunny. Okay, she's nine. She Well, she's going to be nine in like two weeks. And she like, okay, well, let's go back to uh, St. Patty's Day. So we're setting these traps. Now, I'm pretty sure she knows, okay? And I'll just, I'm actually very, very sure she knows. But she won't tell me she knows, and she keeps messing with me. And so then, of course, if you know the big thing, from there it's kind of a downward spiral of like, well, I'm sure, you know, leprechauns and bunnies and tooth fairies. and So anyway, so I'm like, we're setting this trap for the leprechaun. And, you know, it's fun. It's like an engineering thing. And then the next morning, so, you know, I do whatever I need to do that night. The next morning she wakes up and she cries. And I'm like, why are you sad? The leprechaun left you a bowl full of marshmallows. She goes, the leprechaun is supposed to leave Skittles. And I just look at my husband and I'm just like, oh, well, mommy will buy you Skittles if that will make you happy. And she's like, yeah, what? I'm like, all right, fine, fine, fine. So now we're getting like approaching Easter and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, does she think that, does she know I stuff the eggs? Does she think I stuff the eggs and hide the eggs? Does she think the bunny brings the basket? And I can't ask her because I'm still not 100% sure what she knows. And I just know that there's a lot of parents out there who are probably in the same boat of like, yes, thank you. Like, what, will you just admit to me what you know and what you don't know? Because I am really stressed out as a mom and trying to be the best mom. And I didn't know that the leprechaun brings Skittles. If you could please also tell me, does like the tooth fairy leave $5 for molars? Like, I please, I didn't, I didn't get the book or the list. So... All right, we'll return to normal programming if your children are listening. Your kids probably shouldn't listen to this show anyways. Like, too many swear words, people. Okay, it's time for our listener highlight. So this one is on Apple Podcasts. I always love when you guys take the extra minute to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Um, And this is from Sydney Ruth Routh. Roth. To be determined. And it says, love her. I am a newly graduated chiropractor. Opening a new practice and being 100% on my own is exciting, challenging, and stressful at times. This podcast has given me different viewpoints and insights that I appreciate very much and have put into practice. I look forward to her podcast every week. Thank you, Sydney, for supporting me, even though I'm a really mediocre slash terrible (laughs) podcast host. Just kidding, you guys. Just kidding. Um, What was I going to tell you? There was an announcement. See, a good host would have this shit written down. Oh, I know what it is. We are getting closer to the re-release of our Reels course. The date has not been set yet, but it will be coming. Um, And what will happen is, is with the, so there will be a price increase. You will not be able to get it for $39. I apologize. You should have bought it the first time. Um, So the price is going up, but it will go to our email list and the wait list. So you don't have to be on our email list to be on the wait list. You can be on the wait list, but not on the email list, I think. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we're going to be sending an email to people on the wait list and our email list um, with the lowest price. Like they'll get like a first dibs type thing. Um, and then after that, the price will go up a second time. So if you missed out on the Reels course, um, we're also going to likely be, Kirby hates when I do this. I'm just like shooting from the hip. Pew, pew, pew. I don't know what we're doing. Um, I'm planning on uh, beefing it up just a little bit and making it a little more like 
Instagram for chiropractors. Um, just because when I made the reels course in making it, I didn't realize how much just of the information I was putting in there for reels is just relevant to all of Instagram. And the stuff that I was teaching on reels was like really good information for chiropractors to understand how to hit their target market using Instagram. Again, not even like just with reels. Um, so we're going to beef it up a little bit and make it just a little more Instagram uh, for chiropractors thing with reels. Uh, heavy tutorial in there. So that's going to be coming at some point soon-ish. Ishy. Um, so make sure you are on the wait list. In order to do that, go over to Instagram and click on the link tree in my bio and it'll say like join the wait list. Um, yeah, there we go. So today's guest is, um, if you'll figure out real fast, is an old friend of mine, not to call her old. She's not old, but she's a friend that I've had for a long time. She is definitely, she is a powerful leader. There is no other way. She has this presence. If you've ever met Bobby Vormans, um, she has this presence that takes up a room that I am just jealous of. Like her heart it fills a room with joy. Um, and every time I interact with her, I'm just like, you, like, God just like dipped you in a little something, a little something special. Like she makes people feel special. And it's a skill that I definitely am jealous of um, <laughs> because I don't know what I do to people. I make people laugh and then I don't know, nah, whatever. So she is a wife, a mama of two beautiful girls. Dr. Bobby Vormans is the owner of two chiropractic offices in small town, rural Wisconsin. So yeah, she is a Wisconsin rural girl like me. Um, she graduated from Northwestern Health Sciences University in 2003. In 2015, she bought the office she had been running since 2009, which then established the Hometown Chiropractic Center. Two years later, in 2017, she opened a second hometown chiropractic center in Rhinelander. Dr. Bobby was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in middle school, and chiropractic care offered her hope as an adolescent girl, both in life and athletics. Dr. Bobby's passion to grow chiropractic in her communities comes from the hope she found as a child. She prides herself by being surrounded by an amazing team of doctors and staff. When she is not at the office, Dr. Bobby can be found on her family farm in the beautiful Harrison Hills. She loves to be outside camping, four-wheeling, and making maple syrup. Um, her and I are going to have a conversation today about opening a second clinic. Now, in hindsight, Dr. Bobby and I may have revealed, pulled back the veil a little too far. Um, I am so glad I opened a second clinic, and she says this too. It was great. I think the overarching tone today is like there is a lot of hustle that is on a different level. It's, it's emotionally exhausting. And so I don't want you to get too discouraged if you're like, oh no, I'm opening a satellite clinic in one month. You tried talking me out of it. No, we're not trying to talk you out of it. We are simply making sure, you know, like when you talk to a new parent and they go, nobody tells you how hard this is going to be. That's this conversation. This is us telling you how hard a second clinic is. It's worth it. It can be worth it anyways, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and we talk through all that. So this is for you hustlers out there who are killing it in your first practice and are going, you know what? 
I'm doing pretty good over here. I bet I could do pretty good over there. Um, so listen, maybe you'll find that you are perfectly equipped and right now is the time for you to do this. Or maybe you'll go, you know what? That's, that's some meat to chew on or some fat to chew on. Well, chew on fat and meat. And you'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna put this in, in six months to a year type of thing. And obviously it can't be that bad. I'm already thinking about, like I've been thinking about a third practice for years. So watch as I listen to what I say, not as I do, or whatever the phrase is. I, I open lots of clinics, so I think you should too. Just make sure you do it the right way. Okay, let's pray and then we'll get started. Dear God, it's Easter. This episode 98 drops on Easter. Happy Easter. Um, thanks for amazing women in my life and women who are like surfacing over the last few years in this profession. Um, I confidently feel that our profession is allowing space for women to take stage and have opinions and do things. It is different. Um, and I believe that women are not better and men are not better, obviously, um, but they provide in order for this profession to do great things and have an impact. We need the energy of both and we need both at the table, both full of that masculine, both people, both genders, full of both types of energy. And that is where we are going to succeed in seeing just the space, conversations like this between Two women with million dollar practices just like reaching a hand down to those behind us or below us or whatever and saying, yeah, come up here. Let's let me show you how to do this. And I want you to succeed in this um, because that's how we move forward is helping each other propel. So thank you for these conversations. Thank you for these people. Um, I know I joke about being a terrible podcast host, but thank you for just showing me, continuing to showing me examples of like, and letting that be inspiration and encouragement and um, that spirit in me to like keep wanting to be better. So in your name we pray. Amen. All right, crew. So here is a fun conversation between me and one of my besties, Dr. Bobby Vormans. Well, welcome to the show, Bobby. Thanks, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so <laughs> Kirby right away is just gonna be like, damn it, Bobby, you blew up the volume. He's uh, gonna sorry, have... Kirby. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I was gonna have you on, but like, damn, it's like 90 some episodes. But when this airs, I don't know which this I think this will air on the south part of hundred. But like I really thought I was gonna get you in faster than that. Sorry, girl. But it's it's okay. Time, you know I love you. Yeah, time flies. So I am very excited. For those um, listening, you're not used to um, interviews that are in person, but this amazing woman lives in my state, my state, my state of Wisconsin. Um, and so when I said, "Hey, would you be willing to be on the podcast um, to talk about you know?" running two clinics and just being a badass she said only if we can do it in person and I'm like oh my god that'd be amazing so we're actually looking at each other's faces right now it's the best in way person, and it's great um okay so I know everything about you is including your Enneagram now um <laughs> but can you please 
just kind of give your background. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's a loaded question. It so is a loaded take question. Take all the time you need. <laughs> However, the most important thing is, is I'm a chiropractor. Yes. Yep. And, um, but why I started chiropractic is I have an amazing chiropractic story. Um, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was a seventh grader and told I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was in high school and talk about a middle school girl going through something like that. Like I was devastated. I was pulled from all my sports. I was, you know, went into a depression state, which I can say that now, not knowing what it was then, um, I have amazing parents, so they pushed and prodded every direction. Um, and when I sat in <clears throat> in Marshfield, Wisconsin, which was the hubbub of healthcare at mm-hmm. the time of growing up, um, and they told me my prognosis, my mom's like, there's no way. So then we started seeing a chiropractor. My brother was seeing a chiropractor for a wrestling injury, um, Dr. Jim Barr, and brought me to them. Uh, I ended up playing college sports. That's and so chiropractic really changed Obviously, not only my mindset because of I was able to get back to doing what I do, but it gave me hope. Mm-hmm. And I knew then and there that that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be able to give hope to kids and families. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always jealous when people have really great. I mean, I've heard your chiropractic story uh, probably like seven times now, and I'm always jealous. I'm just like, I mean, not of the arthritis. That sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, sorry about it that. Does suck. Sorry it about does. that. But um, just the like, man, I want a cool chiropractic story mine's lame i once was on a podcast though and i knew they were going to ask because i think they had like told me they were like a really organized host so that you know but also like lame because they asked the same questions to everybody yeah <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get on this podcast <laughs> um so i'm looking at the questions ahead of time and there it is like what's your chiropractic story or like you know and i was just like So I prepped that I was going to tell them that I actually got injured in a fire incident while I was a traveling circus clown. (laughs) And I actually pulled it off for about five seconds. And I think it was Richard Letta that I told this to, I think, from the Cairo Inspired podcast. And he just looked at me and he just goes, wait, what? And I'm like, no, I'm just joking. But I'm like, you believe me for a second, right? So that's my... uh, that's my goal. Most is people to... would believe you no matter what you say, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew you. I'm just a terrible I'm liar, kidding. though. So, like, if I could actually bluff, I'd be like, mm-hmm, totally, that's my story. God. We're both open books. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so fast forward into career. How long yeah, have you been absolutely. in practice? And... So I graduated from Northwestern College of Chiropractic in 2003. So I've been in practice 17 years. I was an associate doctor in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and in Medford, Wisconsin, and then now in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, where um, I actually um, took over the clinic and ran the clinic for my um, child, my my chiropractor in my childhood. And um, that's when I bought the practice from him mm-hmm. in 2015 um, and bought our second was practice in, in 2017. No. Was that an allied practice? It was an allied health. So did you have to buy that practice twice? No. Okay. So when allied, for people listening, you have no idea, like allied health was a conglomeration conglomeration Mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, mostly Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Midwest. And docs had to like, kind of like buy Mm -hmm. their practice from them when they, Mm -hmm. so, okay. So you only had to buy it once. I only bought it once. I was a shareholder practice. So the person that owned my practice was a shareholder in the corporation. So I just bought it directly from him. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you buy this or when did you start the second clinic? 
So I started the second clinic in August of 2017. So you had been in practice 13 years? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's only been four years since you've... Seems like forever. I didn't know that that... Okay, so Mm -hmm. what... Tell people about, like, how that came about. Absolutely. So um, we had an amazing practice in Tomahawk, which was our first location, is my hometown. Uh, And... We were at the point where I felt I needed growth in a direction. So we are contemplating, do we hire a third doctor? Because there were two of us. Or do I open a second clinic? And my husband and I were looking for an investment. Like we wanted we wanted to do an investment, a financial investment. And we truly believe we need to invest in things that we know and we love mm-hmm. so that we have some play in the game of it. Yep. And we also had human investment or human capital. Yep. For an investment because we, we we were in the process of hiring our third doctor. Okay. And so with this, um, we looked at what else to do. And my the doctor that leads my second clinic, Dr. Grace Syker. Did you Nash, have her before? Yeah. So she was my associate doctor right out of high school or right out of chiropractic college. She did her T10 with me. And then she was with me. She's been with me almost 10 years now. Um. And so she is from Rylander, where my second practice is, and our brand is hometown. And it was an easy decision, not the negotiations of buying the second practice, but to move her into the office, Mm -hmm. um, both as an investment financially and into chiropractic, uh, as far as that's concerned. So if we were kind of in this episode creating a list of like essential things that you need before you're going to start a second practice, <laughs> I would think the first and foremost is like the right people. Yeah. Um, I think that's like the most important yeah. people, especially I think I think if you take a step back and defining what you as the owner's role is going to be in the practice. So like I don't adjust in my second practice at all, mm-hmm. at all. And uh, Dr. Grace runs it. She's the lead doctor. She does a lot of the other um, day in and day out procedural stuff there in that office. I go in and maybe do some of the overseeing or CEO stuff, quote mm-hmm. CEO stuff, uh, in the office and maybe go in when she's on vacation and see patients there. Is it, is that, no, cause you're just like a relief doctor. You're just like, yeah, it's, like, it's a relief doctor. I bet people do the patients know you there. Not man, no, not all of them. Some of them do. Yeah. I mean, it's been four years now, so I've yeah. been in and out of the practice um, quite so a few funny, different times. They're just like, now where where do you work? And you're like, yeah. I actually own this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually say that. Like to me, it's not a big deal. I want the patients to have their care. Yeah. I want them to be blessed with chiropractic. And you know, if they ask, you know, I'll yeah. be like, yeah, I know Dr. Grace. I'm a doc in the Tomahawk office. And that's what like, you, that's what your answer is. Yeah. Oh, you're and, so sweet. And then sometimes I'll be like, well, I'm Grace's boss. Yeah. You know, it just depends upon the situation and how you read people as far as that's concerned. But um, Grace deserves the credit. She has built that practice. Um, I mean, we're looking for a second doctor. So as everybody's listening. Hey, hey, hey. No, don't be going to town. Northern Wisconsin, Rylander, Wisconsin. If you're looking to anybody is going anywhere. Listen, you don't get to come on my podcast and steal my associate. (laughs) Okay. Let's reverse even more. And answer kind of the question, because mm-hmm. uh, I, okay, I get this a lot. People being like, I ha- I see you have two clinics. How did you know you were ready to open a second clinic? And I kind of answer it almost the same way that when people go, I'm thinking about starting a podcast and I'm like, oh my God, don't do it. It's so hard. So here's, here's my assumption of what people think when they think about opening a second practice. 
I'm killing it here. If I, I get lots of people saying, oh, if only you were closer to me, I would go to you. And so you hear that long enough and you're like, well, we're awesome here. We can just be awesome over in this town. And they think that it is less work because they've already figured out the systems and procedures of one. And the analogy I would compare a second clinic to, and I can't wait to hear what you would say to is kind of like going from one child to two children. It is not half the work. It's not even twice the work. It is like exponential more work. Um, because, I don't know, that you, you somebody could say like, well, yeah, but you've already figured out how to be a parent and you're nailing it. And you're like, yeah, but that second child has its own personality, its own demands. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? So my first thing would be, which we already discussed, is the people we surround ourselves with, like our team members mm -hmm. and also my husband. So as my husband and I sat down and looked at growth opportunities for me and what that would look like, um, it was we could open a second clinic. Well, then what are the three things there? Um, do we have enough financial capital to do that? Mm -hmm. And we did. Right. Do we have enough human capital to do that the way I wanted it done? Yep. And we did. Um, the third is, was I ready for the emotional stress? Hell no. Because mm -hmm. I didn't even know what that right. was going to be till You're it like, happened. What do you right? mean? I already had stress of one clinic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were we killing it in Tomahawk? We were. We were mm -hmm. ready for growth. And mm -hmm. we had to figure out what that would be. Had you kind of hit a plateau? Because that's, that's another aspect that I think is often. Because like if you're just growing, 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 you almost don't even have time to think. I think where I started to go like, oh, maybe we should open a satellite is like, it wasn't we had stopped growing. But like you just see a lot yeah. more growth potential. So I think we had, I think we were still growing, just not as fast as I'd like to be. And mm -hmm. I felt stagnant. Like yeah. I felt I, as the owner, I, as the doctor, I, as me, needed a chance to do something different. I think I feel that way every five to seven years. Mm. Like I need to do something different. I need to explore like how I can push myself further and how I can serve more under chiropractic care mm -hmm. without you the use of my two hands. Right. Because I'm only one person. Right. Okay. So I interrupted you and I told you I was going to do my best not to do that. But you were saying like, okay, so first with Grant of mm -hmm. like you needed to check in. Did you have the human uh -huh. potential? The human capital, financial capital. Right. And the emotional. And the emotional. Yeah. As far as that's concerned. So um, yes to three, unknown four. Unknown mm -hmm. emotional capital. Right. As far as that's concerned. And the drive. I mean, not only was it for me, um, but I truly believe in mentoring the younger generations of chiropractors. And I love doing that. that Mentorship like, is work. Yeah. yeah, it is work. It is absolutely work. And a uh, huge shout out. I'm giving a shout out to Rachel Elliott, who just opened up her practice in Appleton, Wisconsin. So she was... Um, also didn't she, come associate for us. Uh, yeah, and didn't associate for me. Love you, Rach. Um, I don't and, love you, Rach. <laughs> And <laughs> so she, uh, she was a high school student that worked in my office, who's now a chiropractor mm -hmm. and things coming full circle. But I love mentoring. I love mentoring the younger generation. Right. I love chiros that start. And Dr. Grace needed a push and a growth in a different direction mm -hmm. than I could give her. Yeah. Being under, under she me. saw an opportunity. I saw so. an opportunity for her too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you, did you just replicate your exact systems and procedures? We tweaked. We had okay. to tweak. Um, it's an open concept office in Rylander, and we were not open concept in Tomahawk. Okay. So most policies and procedures are replicated. And due to doctor strengths or staff strengths, 
It depended on like who does the financial ROFs in the office. But other than that, most policies and procedures are similar. So any doctor or any team member can go into the other office and pick up where they need to. And do they ever like do? Not as much anymore. Okay. But yes, I mean, us in the Tomahawk office do Grace's um, vacation relief, Dr. Grace's vacation relief. And Dr. Grace came down when we had a doc on maternity leave and did Fridays a couple of times a month for us. Okay. Um, But team members, um, I did have an office manager that went to both clinics um, and did more back office work. But team members only go if there's uh, an emergency. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, someone's out and someone else can't fill in at that office. But other than that, we don't um, we don't usually have that. No. But the systems and procedures are enough that it's like Mm -hmm. I can plop you in and plop you out. Um, What about someone who thinks that they are going to be the doctor in both? Ugh. I don't know. You're better than me. Lauren, you're better than me. So I'm not. I'm in one, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, uh, you know, I, I think that you need to really think about, I have kids mm-hmm. and I have a family. Um, I may not have been best about my boundaries and I'm a workaholic. And so I would dive right into work and have to be pulled out quite a bit, which I'm doing much better with. Yeah, are you life. a control freak? No, I don't think I'm a control freak. Oh. Absolutely not. But I am, I do like to work. Okay. Like I feel like I've always had to prove who I was mm-hmm. and that by working hard, I've always been able to do that. So that's just how I've become a nature and I've had to work through that. Right. Like I don't mm-hmm. recommend that to, for people, right. but I think, you know, one thing I would say out there it, before we, I finish answering the question you asked is oh, what was the question I asked? The question you had asked was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked the question. You did. Um, is like, we all have our own stories about where we came from and who we are and what our backgrounds are, but they make us who we are today. Mm -hmm. And so some of us have walked paths that are, some people would judge are better or worse than others. And, but if it wasn't the path I walked, I wouldn't be who I am. So I truly believe my strong suit, strong suit of being a hard worker has gotten me to where I am, but it's also, you know, I'm sure we'll get into my heart issues. Mm -hmm. So it's also like, put me in a state of what I don't like about who I am too. Right. Right. So, um, but now what was the question you asked? I legit, I don't remember. (laughs) I'm just like leaned in like, yes. You know, so the, the, the second clinic, um, you know, getting into that, oh, the doctor being the doctor in the second clinic, (laughs) like I couldn't even imagine, like I'm a, um, you know, I, at my most, I've seen like 457 PVs a week by myself. Um, and And I don't, I don't want to see that a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good seeing 200 a week. Um, I don't work full time as a as an mm-hmm. adjuster in the office. Um, but I, I don't want that for myself. My yep. body, you know, I had rheumatoid arthritis as a child. My body isn't doesn't like that physically. Um, but I truly believe that um, if you're going to be a doctor in each office, you need to be good about your boundaries and what you're asking of yourself. Because not only is a second office a huge emotional investment in the owner, um, but when it has to be a physical investment too, mm-hmm. um, you're asking a lot of your own body. So question as far as like maybe not necessarily adjusting mm-hmm. in both clinics, mm-hmm. but where, I, where I've struggled with two clinics is, you know, the doc that runs, Dr. Jess, who runs our, the clinic I'm not in is amazing, but she's not the boss. 
So the employees don't, I don't want to say don't fear her, but you know, like, I feel like it is difficult. Like I am the energy. I am the drive. I am the vision. And so like, if I'm only in one clinic and I'm not over there being like, Hey, how come nobody's like, didn't we say like posting the goals on this bulletin board? Didn't we decide that at the meeting, like we were going to do this. And so this is where like, I'm definitely a control freak. And is the thing that I struggle with of like, who's providing the drive if you're not there and maybe it's not driving the drive, but cracking the whip. You know, so it's super funny you ask that because if I've learned anything over the years, it's the more I let go and let Grace take that control, the more successful the clinic is and the more successful I am and the more successful she is. Mm -hmm. So Grace runs that practice. Like I'm confident to say Grace runs that practice. If she needs help, she looks at for she asks me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, do I oversee things? I absolutely do, right? As far as that's concerned. Um, but the team knows um Grace's strengths and weaknesses. Um, they know when to when she can push. Like Grace does not like to see a full schedule. So like they know she can't look at the schedule. Just adjust. You go adjust. And so Grace does way better if she doesn't look at a schedule and what her day is going to look like. So she has no idea who's showing up? Sometimes not at all. I mean, I look at the schedule and I'll still be like, you're here. Were you on the schedule? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) So it's it's getting to know um, what makes each one of us click in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more I let go, like we set goals and my expectation, like I... Are the goals individual clinic or are the yes goals? the goals are individual clinic and then okay. I have goals okay. for both clinics together and do they do you talk about your combo goals with the team yeah we absolutely okay. do not often do, maybe quarterly do they really care how the other no. clinic is doing I wouldn't say they don't care mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's not their priority yeah so you and I have our we have very different situations mm-hmm. so absolutely. you have a doc in each that is like bonused off the performance of that clinic. How far away are Rhinelander and Tomahawk? About 25 miles. Okay. So Cumberland and Rice Lake. So we, we each have a smaller town and a bigger town. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're only 18 miles, but everybody like from the smaller town comes to the bigger town. Mm-hmm. And so we, when we set up our satellite clinic, we needed it to be that you could go to either clinic and not many people do yes okay so it's possible yeah it's possible yeah it's possible um not many do though okay you know the big time people do that is um when one of the docs is on vacation or where one is closed for a different reason um and or if like we're open five days a week in tomahawk and Rylander is open three and a half days a week. Okay. So like if there's an, a, yep, a patient that needed more support, then they would come to Tomahawk on the days that, no different than if Cumberland was closed, yep. then they would come to Rice Lake. Yep. So th- that aspect of things, but there isn't a lot of, I'll say patient sharing yeah. that occurs. Well, and like <clears throat> I struggle with um, everybody not being able, like, so for a while we did really separate, mm-hmm. you know, and um And I had other coaches saying, like, you really need them to be individualized. You need to see which clinic is growing. And I actually don't disagree with it at all. Um, But I liked, I like it now, currently at least, how we have it set up, 
where everybody's got the same goals that I have in my head of like money is money is money. If this clinic, you know, and we definitely have aspects that we're looking of like, okay, this ship is sinking. You know, there's some red flags that we would see for sure. Um, but it's, it's fun for my personality to be like, no, we're all shooting for this one thing. Um, otherwise I got too stressed, you know, and it's super, so we're both goal oriented people, Mm -hmm. you and I. And so when we were with a previous coaching group that we Mm -hmm. were with together, we took a look at, um, you know, taking our team on a trip or I did at Mm -hmm. my clinic. And then we, uh, all the goals had to be hit as, as, uh, yeah. Chiropractic clinics. Yeah. So like, so we, we shot for them separately, but no one knew where we were together. Right. Okay. And so, except for me. And so we, it, it was amazing to see how, you know, we may, if it wasn't for one clinic, we wouldn't have hit our new patient goals. And if it wasn't for another clinic, we would have never hit our When they were together. Goals. Right. Exactly. So what do you do now? Like, do you have times where, like, so do you still do like big goals I do big goals okay yeah um so what happens if one clinic have you had that happen yet yeah absolutely so where one clinic clinic not get to go well we haven't done anything as far as that's okay but it would happen that one clinic would not get to go no (laughs) it hasn't happened yet see and that's where like I'd be such a chicken shit I would like say it I'd be like okay so if you don't hit your goals you don't get to come to my birthday party and then they if they don't hit them I'd be like you can still come it's okay like it's just but I'm also a weak-ass parent so you know so I I've I've really thought things through differently as far as like I really want to spend time with my doctors learning and growing. Mm -hmm. And so like each year I take a doctor on a trip. And so we do that a little bit separately now, as far as the doctors are concerned. So like Dr. Kelly and I went to Cal Jam together and then I took an extra day of vacation. We just hung out on the beach and we talked about what we learned in Cal Jam and how we wanted to maybe implement some new things. Mm -hmm. But it was her and our time. Dr. Grace and I, we did a Dell's weekend with our families. I would have preferred the California. I know you would have. (laughs) But, you know, so so we we both have kids in high school, right? Mm -hmm. And so the kids got to hang out. We hung out. Our husbands hung out. And so we spent time together. And it's just, you know, I've really worked on working with my doctors and who they are because I've learned that they flourish if I accept them for who they are Mm -hmm. and lean into that. Um, So, like, how I get feedback from them is differently. How I meet with them is differently. How often I meet with them is differently. Um, and it's all set up in my schedule accordingly. Well, and as you're saying this, it's like, and this is why it's exponentially more work because it's oh, like, yeah. you don't get to just replicate. No, you can replicate your new patient script, but you don't get to replicate. Well, and I believe that part of what makes a chiropractic clinic great and successful is you being interwoven in the town. Mm-hmm. So... Part of one of the biggest reasons that I was not as worried about opening Rice Lake was because we lived in Rice Lake. Um, Cumberland was a lot of work for me to like show them like, nope, I'm here. I'm on these boards. See that Um, I'm going to these events, the fireworks, blah, blah, blah. But in Rice Lake, my kids were going to be going to the school. I grocery shop there. I do small business there like on the weekends. And so Um, If you own a practice now in the town you live in Mm -hmm. and you're looking at opening a clinic in a town you don't live in, Mm -hmm. that's where it's like, whoa, 
damn exponential more work because it's like, yeah, you might need to switch churches. Like you should probably, you know, go to church in that other town for a little while. You should probably think about putting your kids in activities in that town for a while because so much of marketing is like, look, I am here and a normal person and having these talks and meeting people through that. That's what makes it so hard. Well, and I think one of the reasons why Rylander is so successful is because that was strategically planned out before I even made the decision to open a practice. So Grace is from Rylander. Our Mm -hmm. brand is hometown. Like we're intertwined. So Dr. Grace is from Rylander. She coaches the downhill ski team. Her stepdaughter goes to school at Rylander High School. Her husband works for the hospital Mm -hmm. system. Um, She had already been woven into the Rylander community and she transferred to travel to Tomahawk. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's amazing. Plus, I have two sisters. I mean, I could go on and on about the connections we have in the community. Um, But you're not wrong. Like, the energy, I think a lot of people, I mean, no different than, hey, I'm going to start my own clinic, right? Mm -hmm. Until you're deep down in it, you don't realize the amount of stress that you are going to need that um, how much energy, you know, we talk HRVs, how much reserve <laughs> energy do we have, right? Yeah. To continue to pour into things before us as leaders and CEOs are like, ah, please, God, help me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as that's concerned. But it definitely, the intertwining between um, clinics and the intertwining in the community is for small town, northern Wisconsin is a necessity. Oh, do you think it's not a necessity in a big town? I mean, this is just us two small town yeah. girls guessing. I, I, I don't know that answer. I don't know that it's, I I don't know that answer to tell you the truth. I mean, like I grew up in a small town. That's that's all I know is a small mm-hmm. town. Um, so I don't know the answer for that as far as that's concerned. Like we, you know, I talk about There's it because no I, you know, in a small town. I, you know, we WJJQ, our local radio station. Oh, yeah, like. That? You want small town? Like, we do a live radio show every Friday morning at 7.55. You don't get to do that kind of stuff in a big town. You know what I mean? So there's, I mean, you walk into most places in our hometown, and that radio station is still playing in most shops and most Mm. restaurants. Um, You know, we had it playing in our clinic till our radio went out. So, you know, (laughs) but I mean, it's, it's, it's small town stuff. So the other thing about small town, since we got on this little tangent, Mm -hmm. that I don't love, but I think it is why there are... I have, I heard this a while ago from actually, um, oh God, Brad Wildberg. Yeah. Within Allied Health. Yeah. yeah. Annie's so, dad. Yep. Annie's dad. Uh, so, so he, he said was that my there boss. Are you know more, that. Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there are, he said, and I don't know where he yeah. pulled this, probably yeah. out of his ass. Uh, he said <laughs> there are more million dollar chiropractic clinics in small towns than in like big cities, percentage wise type of thing, because so much of a small town everybody knows you so like it can work against you if you're not that great of a person Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if you're like a nice person then you're constantly marketing and Mm -hmm. it sucks it's draining but like you're at the grocery store people see you people know you you're being front of mind you know you're on facebook everybody sees you my husband does the grocery shopping most of the time (laughs) do you struggle with because you're introverted i am a little introverted no a a little bit aspect of it you know we have chickens I live on a farm and so like have to do with it because I'll be walking out in my you know my pajamas and my muck boots and I'll go feed the chickens and I'll be like hey I saw you feeding the chickens the other day yeah wait if you're on a farm yeah these people who's seeing you yeah well we live right close to the road and so they'll be driving by and so 
Um, but you know, as far as what I loved about Tomahawk and one of the reasons I came back is because every time I came home, I went to the grocery store and I saw everybody Mm -hmm. and I, I love going into the grocery store. So I am more of an introvert, but one of my strongest strengths is zest for life. So I'm a very boisterous person for better terms, um, or in your face, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, and so I have no issue carrying a conversation on with someone. I just have an issue, um, sometimes ending the conversation. So, so it doesn't bother you to it like, go bother to the store and know no. multiple people. No, not at all. My kids, when they come with me, it bothers them. But they, That's interesting. Yeah. So like we talked at lunch, how I hate the introverted extroverted system, but mm-hmm. you would claim to be introverted. I would, but nobody would call you that. No. Nope. Um, I, as a three, am supposed to be, you know, a performer, a very like loving the limelight. And I do but only on my terms. And so I, I can see that in you. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Back to the control. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing I hate about the, an, the lack of anonymity is that I am going to unintentionally offend someone. And then they're not going to like me over something I didn't even know. Like, you know, I've had people say like, yeah, we've gone to church to get, like, they'll start as a new patient. I'll be like, nice to meet you. And they'll be like, we've gone to the same church for years. And I'm just like, I mean, have we, have we actually met? And they're like, no, but you know, I've seen you. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know who you are. Like, come on, that's not fair. And so like, it's, uh, that stresses me out. And I can totally understand that. You know, it's good growth for you, Lauren. It's good growth. It's good growth. Push your, you know, growth only occurs outside your comfort zone, girl. Well, and you got to waste <laughs> to go with that. Okay. So uh, HRV, let's uh, talk about the stress and kind of like, so you opened the clinic in 2017 mm-hmm. and your heart stuff was 2000. End of eight, 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, talk about that a little bit. So, um, I have an amazing husband. You know, I have a Kirby, right? Mm -hmm. And he's amazing. He took a lot of the stuff when we started the clinic. He was the go-to for anything that went wrong or um, we own the building. So there's a lot of stress. It's not only the business, but the building. Mowing the lawn and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, my stress level was high. I'm I'm a high achiever too. Like I push myself really hard um, and... It was a struggle, you know, getting the the first, it wasn't a struggle actually getting it started, but um, making sure that it was performing the way we wanted it to perform the second clinic. Numbers wise? Numbers, or? collections, everything wise. Okay. Um, you know, Dr. Grace is amazing. She sees between two and 250 now a week. The clinic we started with was like 70 to 90 a week. Okay. So um, she brought that up and has been pretty consistent now for the last like six to eight months between two and 250. And... But if we backtrack to when it started, it was up and down and up and down, mm-hmm. right? Um, anytime you buy a practice versus start your mm-hmm. own, it's, you know, some people just don't mesh with your energy. Right. And, you know, learning to not take that offensively versus being like, okay, they just don't mesh. We just don't belong together. Yeah. Um, but that always weighed on my shoulders. Whether is it going to be successful? Is it going to be? Are we going to make enough money? Are we going to make ends meet? Um in addition to, I still have a full-time practice mm-hmm. and another doctor and another team in the Tomahawk and trying to make sure and maintaining that was 
being as successful as it could be also. Mm -hmm. So um, fast forward in February, March, I didn't, I started not feeling good in 2018. Um, Lower energy, I did a cleanse, I felt amazing. Um, Probably the best I had felt then mid-March. And I started, uh, you know, a lot of, some of our busiest time in the clinic was between February and probably August of that year. And then I started not feeling like my energy, like winded, right? Like I would go for a walk and I'd be like, why am I so winded? And then I started not feeling good at all. And we were going to California to do a a conference in October. Um, I hop on and, you know, I, the last 90 days of the year, I'm always, you know, Mm -hmm. taking care of myself and looking at it strategically in a different way. So October 1st, I get on the treadmill and I can only do one minute before I had to stop. Like, what the heck? I can't breathe. Um, So I shower, hop in the shower, head to work, and it just progressively got worse. Um, And then in November, it got a little bit better. And so I thought it was, you know, I I spoke on stage out in California. Oh, my gosh. That that is right. That happened like weeks before that. Yeah. So I spoke on stage in October and then I, you know, and then it was hunting season in Northern Wisconsin. And so we're out hunting and my daughter shot a deer and we were tracking it. And I couldn't, I couldn't walk, I couldn't keep up with them. Like I was doubled over in pain. And so finally I was in church on Sunday after Thanksgiving and I couldn't even stand because I was in so much pain. And I go home and um, I may be a little stubborn, just, just <laughs> a little, just a little stubborn. She's not a control freak, but just yeah. stubborn. And um, so I, I get home and I just, I call my husband who's at the hunting shack and I'm like, I'm heading to the ER, which for me to say was huge. And yeah. so I get to the ER and my blood pressure was like 280 over 190. Oh my gosh. And they're like, how are you still standing up? And I was fine. I carried out conversation. I, my breathing was fine. I wasn't labored. I was in severe pain. Um, so they thought at first, maybe I had a cancerous tumor on my adrenal gland. Um, and they saw a little abnormality in the EKG. So they had to rule out anything to do with my heart before that. So they scheduled me for, um, a procedure the next day to check my heart out. And they went in and sure shooting had 99% blockage in the arteries of my heart. Um, 99 in one and 90 in the other. And so I had two stents put in, um, the 99%. Yeah. And so my HRV was tanked before I went in and it took probably, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's still the best it should be, mm-hmm. um, better than it used to be, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it stress is huge, huge. And so if you would ask me right now, if I'd want to open a second practice, probably not. Like a third practice or like you're like, like no, if I had one. to redo it yeah. and I had been through mm-hmm. this beforehand, I don't know that I would redo it. Mm-hmm. Am I glad I did it? Absolutely. Yeah. Positively. Um, but when I go, when you, in my opinion, if I go through things like I went through where um, I come out of it and the doctor's like, I don't even know why you're still here. I don't know why you like, I've never had a heart attack. I have no dead heart muscle. Um, but the doctor is like, I don't know how you don't have dead. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have 99% blockage, which doesn't happen overnight. Your heart's been under stress most of your life. Um, I was 40 years old when that happened. Um, And, you know, the doctor is dumbfounded. And, of course, I say it's because I'm a chiropractic uh, person. So not only do I eat well, but I think well and I move well. Mm -hmm. And 
that's what kept me from not having that heart attack. Um, but I know that stress affects me. And as I have dreams and goals and children and those ever, you know, when you go through a life altering event like that, um, it changes. Mm -hmm. It absolutely changes. Yep. I mean, I, I want to ask about boundaries that you've had to do since then, but like, you know, I don't remember years at all. So we opened our second clinic six years ago, Mm -hmm. six ish, five ish. And, um, it was two years ago that I had like a whole big heart workup. Now I did not have stents. They, it was just a sit down with a cardiologist going like, so how's your stress level? Um, but yeah, you know, it is, uh, it's one of those things where like, I don't think you need to have two clinics to have super, a lot of stress, but like it, it's definitely, it's a big thing that needs to be handled when you're dealing with these high performing clinics or, you know, what kind of boundaries did you have to put into place after of like around the idea of like, okay, so we're running these rocks put into clinics. place or my husband put into place for me. Right. <laughs> and, right. Right. I'm not a good boundary person. I mean, no. most people that have known me, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, you, you used to harass me when we were coaching together with a group that I'm involved in too much. I do too much. I'm on too many boards. I'm it's, on too many this. I'm on too many too. Yeah. Just right. Helper. So, but um, I put in a lot of boundaries. One is a lot of self-care boundaries. Okay. Um, two is not well, hold so on, much. Hold on. Can we elaborate slightly more? Like what, like, <laughs> what kind of self-care boundaries? Well, just uh, like uh, uh, Epsom salt bath on a weekly basis. Um, and like that's my me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is personal boundaries that... Isn't so much like this is what I do, but Bobby, God damn it. You got to let yourself do this mm-hmm. because you have, you're important. And sometimes I worked and gave everything I had to everyone else and never gave back to me. Yep. And it was a rude awakening for me to see that. So there's a lot of boundaries, like, um, going to bed at a decent time. Getting, I, I get most nights I get eight hours of sleep, at least eight hours of sleep at night. I do um, too, but it's because my body like forces me. Like I typically like. I don't think I could stay up until 10 o'clock most nights. If I, Last night we did. We did last no. night. Lord. And I'm like, it's like 10, 20. And I'm like, you guys, I am two hours past my bedtime. I have to go to bed. But yeah, so, uh, you know, taking care of me. I mean, I still don't work out as much as I should. Um, Kirby and I were talking about meditation and yoga this morning. That's been an amazing um, addition to my daily routine mm-hmm. is I just, I do 10 to 20 minutes of yoga meditation every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been great for me, great for my blood pressure, great for my heart, great for my balance, my flexibility. Um, because no matter what you have going on in your business, Hey, she slayers life occurs for you every Mm -hmm. day. And so that aspect of things of taking care of you, I mean, we preach it to our patients all the time. And as we get down into the business, we sometimes forget that we need to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially as we're high achievers and want to help and, and change lives. Well, that's what I was thinking while we were talking, or, and you're saying this, like, you know, how you, like, kind of force yourself to take a bath, and I'm like, yeah, isn't that true? Um, I would say that it is a personality trait of somebody who's like, well, yeah, I have one thing going great, and now I need to do a second thing because I had, like, five minutes to, of, like, rest, of like, so I'm going to start a second clinic, and then maybe I'll even start a third, like, might tend to be kind of like that workaholic mind frame um Mm -hmm. for someone who's like I have time I should start a second (laughs) clinic uh and we don't want to rest 
Yeah. And so that's part of the problem is I don't know if there's a ton of people who are naturally really good at balancing the rhythms of like rest and work going uh, able-mindedly going, I should do more work. <laughs> right? Because learn from people like that. Broken broken people yeah, right, that are like, right, right. Huh, what do I even do with Wednesday mornings? Right. I should, I should start a second clinic. Well, and you're, you know, you talk balance cause I don't know what that is. I'll be honest. You know, I'm a, I'm a in it person. So if I'm at home, I'm in it. If I'm at work, I'm in it. Um, and, you know, if I'm here, I'm, I'm fine with here with you like we were last night, just hanging out as friends. You know, that's where I am mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. But I, I don't even know if I know what balance means, to be honest. You know, I, that aspect of things. I, you know, got to hang out with your team this morning at the clinic. And, you know, they're like, if Lauren's not at work, she's still working. Yeah. You know, as far as that. Started concerned. a damn yeah. podcast. Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's it's amazing. I, I mean need chickens. What? Maybe I should get chickens. Like, so maybe <laughs> I could like Don't don't add more. Oh my god. <laughs> don't add more. No, I think I'm gonna add chickens. <laughs> Definitely gonna add chickens. Oh, the eggs are nice in the morning. <laughs> well, okay, so one boundary I know mm-hmm. that you I've talked about um, is how many problems get to you, mm-hmm. you know, so you've kind of like talked around it multiple different times of like having the right people, but like, that's a boundary that you need as when you are employing multiple people. So if you got two clinics, you got multiple people, multiple docs. And sometimes just because you're the one who's like signing the checks, there can be, especially if you're in a control freak, there can be this idea that like everything needs to be run by you. And like, so, you know, you've talked to like, you have to set that boundary of like, yeah. don't present me with that prop. Like there are mm-hmm. people for that. Absolutely. And, you know, so a couple things. One is I hired a personal assistant, mm-hmm. which has been a godsend. She's virtual. So she's been a godsend for me. Um, she works 10 hours a week and she does a lot of things that I don't researching, right? Scheduling my uh, flights that I'm leaving for Florida with on Monday and you know, doing things that I just don't have the time to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need you to order this for me. And, yep. um, so she does a lot of things both in the clinic and personally for me. And it's amazing, um, which made me go, ah, like there's a lot of stuff off my plate um, at work. Like I just took everything that didn't need my energy and made a list of it and started dispersing it to people that I felt were confident and good at what they did. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest, you know, one of my. Uh, strong suits is I trust easily. If I say, if I say something, can you do this? And you tell me you can, then I think you're going to do it. And have I been burned by that? I have, but it's just allowed me to get things off my plate Mm -hmm. and set things up and knowing that things were getting done and they have been again, guys, have you been burned by, have I been burned? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've really not let it affect of who I am. Yeah. So I still trust easy. So um, my team members, uh, two Tuesdays a month, they do bills and they just sent the checkbook and I sign them. I don't look, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I still, I still want to sign them to know like I joke. that they're going out. <laughs> I'll joke with somebody. I'll be like, cause it, you know, let's yeah. say I'm out and I owe someone money or whatever. And I was just like, oh, next time you're at the clinic, just ask the front desk to write you a $200 check. Like anybody could walk up to our front desk and be like, 
Lauren said to give me a check for $500 and they would just be like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lauren said, like, okay. <laughs> you gotta stop saying that, Lauren. I know, I know. You gotta. You're just like, I don't know. I delegate too yeah. much. Too much. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't say that. I would say, you know, I always tell everybody my my most important thing is to work me out of a job. You know, so I, I don't want to be at the, if I don't want to be at the clinic, then I don't want to be at the clinic. Mm-hmm. You know, I want systems and procedures and people to know their worth at my offices where I don't have to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that, then it's time for me to totally be gone. Yep. And I'm okay with that. You and I were just having that conversation this morning about if, if we ever would sell our practices and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I by far would sell, like if Dr. Grace wanted to buy the second practice wholeheartedly, she would have the opportunity to buy the second practice. Um, if there was someone that came in the next 10 years and wanted to buy the Tomahawk practice, I possibly would just sell it to him. That's crazy. I know. I know. I know. So you said systems and procedures. We're re- we mm-hmm. did a really bad job at the checklist, but somewhere in there, there's, there's so, we've said a yeah. lot of things, yeah. but it's more of yeah. like a, I spy, you're going to have to find yeah. this checklist. Another huge thing for starting second clinic is you better have ironclad systems and procedures. Yeah, absolutely. Ironclad systems and procedures, um, time to train people on them. Um, you How know, do you set up your timing for training? I was wondering that. Like, as you said, like, it's in my schedule. Yeah. And I was going to ask. Like, yeah. So, so um, you know, I do a doctor training on every Wednesdays during our lunch hours. So and I three do three of you? Four of us. Four of us. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So the four of us. Um, so during COVID times, which we could talk a whole podcast mm-hmm. on COVID times. Um, but during COVID times, we met on a weekly basis every single week, all four doctors, just to talk about patient care, struggles. Um, it was a bitch session in addition to like what kind of support each of us needed mm-hmm. personally and professionally. But we team train every Mondays, you know, okay. we team train in every person. Mondays. Uh, nope. So virtually. we're yeah, virtually with both clinics and then we'll separate and train separately. Um, if there's things that it's um, individual clinics mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. So like Grace is a solo doctor. We are not. Right. So scheduling and that type of stuff is slightly different. So um, we do training. I have, um, Dr. Kelly and I meet on a weekly basis. So I have a weekly time that's out of my schedule and her schedule that we meet. Um, Dr. Grace and I meet on a monthly basis, but she emails me her wins for the week on a weekly basis. Dr. Zoe emails me and we meet twice a month. So every, every single one of us, as far as doctors are concerned, meet on a different basis. Yep. Um, but it's best what I, what I have learned about who my doctors are. And how best to support them. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it isn't, actually. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that fire you inspired. Like, I do love you that. Love it. You're you know, so good at absolutely. It. I do love it. And is, you know, if you think a second practice is because, like, I feel like I can't do anything more, you know, reach out to, to Lauren because it's, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have enough passion to want to serve in chiropractic and enough emotional energy to open that second practice. Yep. Um, but most importantly, I mean, you got to believe in yourself and you, you know, I don't know how many times you said badass this morning. Um, but you know, you have to think that you know that you're the badass, that you're able to serve this, these people through chiropractic care. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a team that, um, can do that for you. Yep. That's beautiful. Um, Final thoughts. Anything that we covered a lot of things. We did yeah. good. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know Lauren's an Enneagram. So when I hire, I do via character strength. Mm -hmm. And so every single person that I hire has to have that done. And I have to analyze it before they get to be hired into my office. Because I'm pretty particular that we have certain personalities that come in that fit into the team that's already amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you hire into two offices, that's a, a huge aspect of things. That's yes. something we didn't cover. Um, but I just feel that, you know, opening a second office, while it's been a huge blessing in my life, um, and I had told you earlier, you know, I used to have a goal of five. I don't know that I'll ever do that. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. you told me that. And yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, I, um, I don't know that I'll ever do it because I have a lot of other dreams and aspirations that have come together now, and not just for me, but for my family. And um, but opening a second business is while it's amazing. Um, it is a lot of work. So mm -hmm. if you um, are up for the task, reach out and connect. And I mean, I'd be glad I, I answer questions weekly from people um, yeah. that have two clinics. How, but how do people reach out to you? Inbox me on Facebook or, you yeah. know, they can message me, direct message me on Instagram. Um, call me at my office in Tomahawk. It's Hometown Chiropractic Center. Um, I'm a pretty easygoing person. Yeah. So. I was going to say, you have them to call you? Yeah. Don't, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't promise I'll return your call, but <laughs> she'll do her best because yeah. she's a two. Yeah. Let's right. be honest. Exactly. She's going to do her exactly. damn best to return. Exactly. Okay, She Slayers, thank you so much for spending this time with two friends. Did you know we were recording this? <laughs> Did you know this conversation You know, it was started recorded? like I knew we were recording, and then it just got to be like... <laughs> It's just us talking. Yeah. Just us yeah. talking. Um, all right. So uh, reach out to Bobby. She is seriously, when I talk about one of the women, like like the five chiropractic women who have been the biggest mentors in my life, you are absolutely always on that list. And um, right back at you. Yeah, so it is, it's interesting because I was, I was just about to close, but then I'm like, I'm going to throw one more story <laughs> in. Um, I was reached out to by a like, Hi, I forget like the name of the like club or whatever. It's very like Enneagram 8 driven of like, are you a powerful, high driven chiropractor? You should be in this club. Um, and so I was reading it on the website and I was actually very proud of myself because like old Lauren would have been like, oh my gosh, they think I'm good enough to be in their club. And like I would have, you know, signed up just without thinking about the mental health aspect. And I was like, eh, let's see if what this has to offer me and whether it's good. And I was talking about in their like um, verbiage on the website saying like it can be very lonely at the top and that a lot of high level chiropractors don't have other high level chiropractors to like talk to. And it, when I read that, I knew like, oh, I don't need this club because it was just like, I'm so blessed to have people like we're a kick-ass clinic and I have so many people who are like their clinics are more successful and I'm just like damn you're inspirational so so thank you for being thank you for being a friend <laughs> you're welcome Kirby all right <laughs> Lauren thanks for having me I appreciate yeah. it love you girl love you all right she slayers until next week bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love.
The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 